dagger on point when I step in Signs in the air for the gang that you're repping Don't get brave when I'm stepping in the rave If you show my love, everything's okay So for a life, you brave to have fun in If there ain't girls in the place, we ain't coming Middle finger up to the Jake, stepping in with the gang Please tell the police they can't come in Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't chat shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't chat shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini Top, back to Black and White Podcast. I'm Daniel Negro, and I'm live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today we're going to be going over the Juve Torino Derby della Molle preview. Uh, I got a, a special guest on. Um, it's going to be an interesting tilt. I think two teams on different paths, but I think it's going to be a very interesting game on what happens today. Obviously, we have some big games coming up after. This was kind of our four four game slate of if you want to call them mid table to low lower table teams uh we've obviously gotten through three of them um but again before we go further guys please smash the subscribe drop a like click the bell for notifications you're gonna get the the latest on when the 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 new videos come out and new content comes out obviously please check out the pod on itunes spotify as well and uh yeah subscribe again if you want to get it up to date and uh, yeah, again, like we and uh, my guests were talking about, it's going to be a busy summer. It's it's going to be uh, increasingly difficult to get guests. I just want to mention, uh, Drew, uh, sorry you couldn't come on. Uh, I hope your brother gets better. Uh, he unfortunately picked up the COVID and uh, he's going to have to take care of him. So get, hopefully he gets better soon. Hopefully there's no serious complications and uh, he just rides that one out. But um I have to thank this the next guest. Uh, he's pretty well known. I think he's yeah, he's pretty well known in the community. I think all you guys are gonna know who who it is. But uh, Mr. Cappuccino, what's going on? Thanks for coming on on short notice. I appreciate it, man. No, thank you, Dan. I'm glad to be here. And uh, like we were talking about before, uh, you're from Providence, Rhode Island. Correct. That is it. Smallest uh-huh. state, longest name. There you go. And um, yeah, man, it's. Uh, I wanted to have you on a little bit before, but uh, I have a question for you. So does New Haven, obviously this is not the same state, but does New Haven have the best pizza? The jury's still out on this one. We're oh, kind of man. talking okay. on Twitter. So I know the exact pizza place you're referring to, and that's Pe- Frank Pepe's Pizza. And I got to say. Oh, here's the tea. There's a place in Rhode Island called Pasquale's Pizza Napoletana, and it is the best the best pizza I've had in the United States. Better On this side of the, yeah. Is better than, I'm telling you, it's the best pizza. It's the most authentic pizza you'll get. So There we go. Rose Nicole, jury's out. We're waiting for your comments. We're waiting for a few more comments in that string. Let's see what, let's see what we hear from that. Obviously, though, <laughs> You're no shy. You're not really shy to the to the camera. Uh, obviously, you have your own uh, your own podcast with some buddies. Obviously, that 
are in uh, Rhode Island. Red card yep. report. Uh, yeah, just sh- shower the. This is your time. Shower that plug. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. Yeah, the Red Card Report podcast. Me and my friend Rui, we talk about the top leagues in Europe, and we also like to include the Portuguese league in there. Big Portuguese community around here. So yeah, EPL. You know, France, Spain. We talk about it all, but Rui and I are both Serie A fans. He's a Milan fan. And obviously, I'm a Juve fan, so talk about them quite a lot. So this How is, unfortunate this is for him. <laughs> How unfortunate for Rui. Sorry, Rui. I know. Is what He's it is. Like, dude, <laughs> we suck. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want to be like, yeah, you do. But I, I'm, I'm too, I, maybe I'm a little too nice. I don't know. I could, be, I could be meaner. I mean, when you can say that. And then you could just be like, well, at least you're not squabbling over being in first place and how shitty you are, like like all the UV. <laughs> you could just call it as it is and be like, you know, we're just we're pretty crap right now. And then at the end yeah. of the day, or you can be on the UV side and be like, yeah, we're in first place. Sorry, has the most points ever in the first season and still <laughs> still being discussed. I know. I feel like it's getting better though. I feel like we're seeing signs of improvement and I, honestly, I don't know if it just took a global pandemic for this to happen, but if you, I know you've been watching, Dan. If you've seen the way that they've been playing lately, I feel like something has has clicked. Changed. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, honestly, I could. I've, I'm just I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and yeah. have it all come crashing down. So See, maybe I'm I- wrong. No, I, I think uh, I think what it is is we haven't really like the teams we've played are very we're Seems very in our face. Well, no, but it's not just that. You know, you look at the way they played, right? They were very obviously we got red cards in 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 in, in those games, right? But like even the last game, like Genoa pretty much laid down, and that's what we said. I mean, their 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 back five was so deep. That literally you could you could play the ball around as much as you wanted, and then you just had to take your chances. Obviously, not to take away from the goals, uh, we'll obviously get in a little bit into that. But uh, yeah, no, these teams have pretty much played in our hands, and we didn't really look good in the first half uh, of most of those games. So, what I'm kind of worried is is a stiff test. Now, I've been saying this: Jana was going to be a stiff test, Lecce is going to be a stiff test. Now I'm say, I, I'm going to be saying that Torino is going to be a stiff test because obviously it's a it's a derby, but we'll see what happens in the actual game, right? We'll see what happens on Saturday. But I think when we get like you're looking at Atalanta and the days keep coming, like now we're almost we're going to be within a week come Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I'm not to say to be scared of the team, but you know you definitely can't write them off and. Uh, We'll see what happens in the next few games. Obviously, we have to play uh, Torino next and then Milan on, I want to say, Tuesday or Monday. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be interesting. But first, before we get into all this, uh, your fandom, you know, what era, you know, what was the era that you really grew up on? Who was in, If you had a favorite player, let us know who it was. So, I grew, I grew up, I'm a child of the 90s. I, my first memory of... Juventus or being like a Juventus fan was actually in 1996. I was in Italy watching the Champions League final with my uncle, all that good stuff. I remember 
the the village where my family lives was there half of them are Uventini. So it was it was just like black and white banners everywhere, people lighting fireworks in the streets, people you know, riding mopeds and honking horns, all you know, total chaos. And it stuck with me for the rest of my life. And that's just how I became a Juventus fan. Um so yeah, that's the era that I really grew up with. And it's not going to surprise anyone that Del Piero is my favorite player of all time, just flat out right. class uh, in every sense of the word. That's just that. That's all. What's that's it? Yeah, you, there's not there's not too much you can say when uh, you're speaking of perfection. But uh, <laughs> when uh, when when you talk about obviously your your heritage, right? And you we were talking about before. And I was surprised that you told me about obviously Providence being, or in obviously in Rhode Island being a massive Italian population, which to someone who who isn't from the East Coast, which would would definitely surprise me when you told me that. But uh, in terms of your like your heritage from back uh, in the on the Peninsula, where whereabouts is your family from? So this is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, my family is the last village before Lazio and Campania actually meet. So we're like at the very, very oh, okay, Frosinone. Like, yeah, it, that's yeah, that's basically it. Okay, we're, that's where my nonno near Pratella. We're near Pratella. My nonno okay. was from Sora, which I think is a little bit uh north of uh Frosinone. So it's not necessarily in the same but that's funny because uh, Juve Club is kind of from the same area as well. Oh, they're kind of all in, in Lazio still. But yep. no, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna drop Calabria, and I was gonna be like, "Get no. out!" Of here. My mom's Calabres. Okay, my mom's Calabres. So, yeah, my dad. But the family I go to visit is my dad. So okay, nice. That's, nice. that's nice to hear. It's always nice to hear the obviously the Italians with the connection, because uh, you know everyone like like you said, and there's lots of people from Calabria, Sicilia. All over the place, right? Not everyone is from obviously Piemonte, so uh, it's it's nice to hear. But um, yeah, man, no, that's good. Uh, let's get into the news. Actually, uh, there's not too much today. Obviously, I'd like to thank Around Turin for making this little you know segment. Um, guys, check out Flick if you haven't. It's a group set up by Maurizio, and you know it's just general chat, obviously. And, Multiple different, multiple languages, and uh, yeah, you can meet a lot of UV fans there. They do quizzes, there's contests, a whole bunch of stuff. So flick chat, and I'll put the link obviously in the description. But let's get into this. Obviously, next year there's going to be a Serie A font, which I find is ridiculous. Um, obviously, check out La Maglia Bianconera, probably your one-stop shop for finding the Juve jersey designs before anyone else knows, and then footy <laughs> and then footy headlines trying to steal the credit. I caught you guys. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, no, apparently they're going to do this this weird font and everyone's going to have the same kind of... Uh, I know uh, the French League just changed to three fonts that you can pick from, but it's like, just make the teams pick their damn fonts. I don't know why we got to do... If it's for some like con- uh, continuum or something, I don't know. What do you think about that, Joe? I know that... For the European competitions, they all need to be, if I'm not mistaken, I think they all need to be black, just plain lettering on the back of the jerseys or whatever contrasts more with the jersey color. Oh, so, okay. like, I, honestly, 
why have all these? What's the point of all these options? I really yeah. just let the teams let the team one let the teams pick, unless they're in those competitions. So just eliminate that. Well, why? no, that, I don't think that's the case because if you look at the English teams, they have that stupid font, and then they all have a different font, oh, right? Yeah, for Champions League, and it's like, well, why are you making two like? Just let them have their own font. I mean, if it's a TV thing, I could understand. You know, could a be. few years ago, I remember 14, 15, Juve had yellow letters. And I bought a Marquisio jersey with the Champions League. And then they never used it again. And I was so pissed because you can't return that, that, that ship. But, I mean, I guess it's whatever, limited edition, guys. Almost like a <laughs> locker room collectible. But, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. On that. I mean, if I you've... think it is a TV thing. I think it might be a TV thing. I think that certain fonts just show up better. Certain colors do. And yeah, I think it, it might help the refs. Yeah. Could be. That's I mean, my the, the, rationale in this. The refs can, can't even get a lot of shit right with VAR now. You think they're going to be able to read numbers? <laughs> I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. But we got to give them, you know, a little bit as much, of yeah. help, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. As much Fair help enough. as they can get. Anyways, guys, uh, obviously new membership campaign just started. Um, apparently now there's going to be six different memberships, so taking more money. Um, I'll probably be at the top as usual, J1897, because I'm a sucker. And <laughs> if you want to know, you're probably going to get a, one of the Anthem jackets. So if you are going to get J1897, don't buy the new Anthem jacket. If you have, well, too Already bad. Did. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and obviously I think they're going to give you access to JTV as well. You'd hope for 175 euros. Damn. That's going to be like over a three. That's going to be over like two something in Canadian dollars, but keeps getting higher all for the club. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> to buy Ramsey and, uh, and, and Rabiot, uh, as midfielders. Stop, stop. <laughs> but anyways, okay. Uh, let's get, get into it. Obviously, Dybala, the uh, Tuto Sport said that Dybala is an enhanced uh, as a false nueve. Obviously, Ronaldo being at 28 goals now with tw 10 to 13 games left. And he aims to reach 40 seasonal goals. So we'll see what happens. Maybe you can get uh, about 12 more penalties and that'll, ha that'll happen for him. <laughs> I'm Sorry, not, not disagreeing with you. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I don't care. Oh yeah, I'll take twelve penalties. That's for sure. Um, Pirlo uh, obviously is going to look to emulate the success of Zidane and Guardiola. Obviously, we've been talking about this. He's going to be the U23 coach, um, and that was obviously uh, reported by Tuto Sport again. Alexandro recovering faster, so there's a possibility that he might be on the bench tomorrow against Torino, and then possibility to play against Milan which would be awesome because uh, I need him to get in there to show Al that he's not right and Alexandro can actually play on the wing so come on Alexandro do it for me bud um, now Juve is the most popular brand in Italy obviously on Instagram uh, 40.5 million followers Gucci has 40.3 Lamborghini has 26 point how's Ferrari not up there I don't understand what the uh, hell yeah. guys make a lot of sense does it that's whack. Um, <laughs> Giorgio Ricci, Ricci said uh, he's obviously the chief revenue officer. He wants uh, to bring an image of contemporary Italy to the world far from stereotypes. Well, I don't know how you're going to do that one. Just look at the fans, guys. 
<laughs> We're the definition of stereotypes. Get the hell out of here, man. Yeah. But anyways, um, not too much more. Uh, pretty uh, obviously, all the transfer kind of news spilled over and now we're kind of back into it i don't think we're gonna hear well i think we're gonna still hear the regular chirps of you know obviously pina monti's now getting brought up from genoa because he scored against us so now i guess we got to bring him in anyone who scores against juve is now the next uh the next candidate to uh replace someone but uh yeah no i think you'll hear a little bit but you know we got a long way till the end of the season and I believe it's going to start when the next, the next win, like the actual window will be till I think September 1st or so sometime. That sounds at the, accurate, yeah. Uh, but they haven't really announced anything. So I was wondering what, like that they're allowed. Obviously players are not going to be able to move till then. Um, but everyone yeah. gets an extension. I can tell you that much. Exactly. Um, obviously, Romeo Gresti said that uh, Juventus will not inevitably have to focus on the sales to make room for other arrivals. They will, they will do something in the midfield, but first they will have to free up wage space, which is kind of common sense. I mean, we got we got that 160 million gain uh, that everyone's been talking about, but I mean, we also had a shit ton of debt, a shitload of debt um, that we needed to take care of. So I'm still not sure where we're at for that. I'm waiting for those damn financial reports to come out because I need to get into that and, you know, shed some light on what's actually going on instead of listening to, you know, yeah, 100 times. I mean, 160 euros sounds nice, but when if, you, if you're basically at net zero and you're going to have to go into debt again next year, which is pro I'm assuming what's going to happen. Um, so I'm guessing they want to lower the wage bill so that, again... It's not that big of a hit, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be tough. A lot of team are under the gun, and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of big names out there that I know a lot of you guys have heard, but uh, let's get into this game. So this is going to be the 202nd official Derby de la Mole to date. Obviously, there was some uh, like unofficial contest when uh, Torino first became a team, obviously, in 1906. And um, so, obviously, the, if you want to count them or not, well, that's up to you. Um, <laughs> they weren't played for anything. It's not like it was a league or anything. They're friendlies, if you want to look at it that way. Um, obviously, the last match against Torino was at the Stadio Olimpico. Uh, we won 1-0 November 2nd. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, let's continue on the dominance. But, uh, obviously, for fans... I got the Central European time wrong. I know that's for sure. But for me, it's that 9.15 a.m. on Saturday. Pacific, 8.15 and Eastern, 11.15. So uh, it's going to be one of the earlier games or the earliest game out of the three uh, that's happening on on uh, Saturday. But uh, yeah, guys, stay tuned. Um, let's look at our records, though. So UV's at 23-3-3. and We got 72 points, obviously, in first place. Torino at 9-4-16. and with 31 points and 15. So they're really slipping towards that relegation zone now. And it's, I think they're about six point. There's a six point gap. So it could be interesting. Obviously our top scorer Ronaldo with 24 in Serie A. And for Torino, it's Belotti with 12. Um, obviously our first three matches of the restart were three wins against kind of teams that we expected to beat. Torino played Udinese to, to start and they won that game. And then two consecutive losses, 4-2 to Cagliari and 2-1 uh, 
if you want to say heartbreak decision against Lazio. So I think they're going to be wanting to avenge that loss and, you know, obviously dent our chances because of the rivalry. Um, yeah, what do you think about Torino so far? If you've kind of, I mean, not that necessarily you've watched Torino, but from what you've heard and seen. So I think that their record kind of just speaks speaks for themselves this time around, Dan. Uh, they're sitting in 13th place with 31 points. Like you said, they're hovering above that relegation zone, six points in between them and bottom of the table, give or take, or, you know, that relegation zone, I should say. Um, not impressive. Not impressive by any stretch of the imagination. But like you've said before at the top of the show, this is a derby. It's yeah. it's a different kind of game. They yeah. will be out for blood. It's just that simple. They will do whatever they can to stop Juventus from winning. And uh, I think that they would be happy with a draw. In all honesty, I think that that would be I think that would be a good result for them. I think a win would be a stretch, but. It would be it would be a really a really difficult win if they were to try and pull it off. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's these are different kinds of games. It we'll see what happens. Like you said, it's uh, you know, again, derbies are derbies. So form goes out the window in a sense, in a sense, because there's also times where we've said that and we've also blown them out of the water. Yeah. They're not necessarily on the same quality as the the Milan teams when you're playing in those games, or Napoli, or or Roma, or even Lazio. So, but again, I would not underestimate what could happen on Saturday because, again, it's the slip up before we have the big gauntlet that I've been calling it. Uh, as of the last few podcasts, you know, the Milan Atalanta. I believe there's a game in between there and Lazio. Yeah. Um, so, again, if you look too far ahead, don't forget the banana peel in front of you. So Exactly. Well, very, very well said. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's going to be up to us tomorrow. Again, like every game, you know, every game is up to Juve, I say, in, in general uh, when which, we play. Yeah, which Juve will show up. Exactly. Which Juve is going to show up. The one that we've seen, the the second half in Genoa was probably yeah. the best performance that I have seen from us for a very, very long time. And that, yeah. like, even, even when we were talking before we actually hit the record button, you were said, you said that, oh, they're sitting, they were sitting so far back. Um, so we could just pass the ball around and just do whatever we wanted. And maybe that is the case. But I don't know. Maybe you can answer this question for me, Dan. But do you think that something has has clicked with the team? Well, I heard there was a little bit of a a little bit of a discussion between the the senators of the of the team, senatori uh, in the locker room. Um, so could that be the reason? It could be. Could I be. mean, everyone getting into rhythm again could be another thing. Um, but again, I was not impressed at all with Genoa. I was actually disappointed how bad they played because I wanted them to give us a stiffer test. And, you know, everyone was talking, like, even myself, I was saying, I kept saying, this is going to be a trip up game, trip up game, trip up game. And then it became nothing. Have, it was, they have tripped us. Well, up exactly. 
And they just disappointed me wholeheartedly. So, I mean, again, I don't care. We got the three points. We won 3-1. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. But I was not – I wasn't impressed at all with what Genoa was giving us. And so that's why I say, you know, like it was a good win. I think it was our best game. I have to agree with that. But to say that I need this performance against like a Milan, against even tomorrow uh, on Saturday against Torino – We'll see what happens if we get a, another good performance, then I'll keep believing. But um, I haven't really seen a team that's really been stiff on the defensive end and have really caused us problems. And all these teams really have caused us problems. At the beginning of matches, we really haven't gotten yeah. gelled, right, until we kind of tire them out and then keep just pressing the, the hell out of them and, and controlling the ball. And then either there was obviously the red card against Lecce, which helped, and... Now, obviously, uh, again, Genoa sitting back. Yeah. Well, let's get into the history. So a lot of, uh, there was actually quite a few messages after the Napoli game. Uh, a lot of DMs were like, you know what? I really liked you talking about, you know, the 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 history. Obviously, some people don't consider the, the rivalry with Napoli. Some people just say that it's a, it's in the Nap- Napolitans' heads. Uh, it's more means more to them than it means something to us. Obviously, uh, we're different caliber, but um, you know this is actually you know two teams, one one city, both based in Torino. And it's funny the story. You know, I'm just gonna again, guys. Uh, thanks for the love on that. Again, I'm not doing too much work. It's mostly provided online. All of these facts you can all check it out. So I'm just I'm just doing the reciting, but. Um, you know, obviously Derby della Molle, obviously named after the Molle Anton- Antonelliana. I always say that wrong, um, which is obviously the major landmark uh, and architectural architectural symbol of uh, Piemonte, which is in Torino. Uh, if you've been or if you've seen postcards, whatever, that's usually what you're getting, right? Obviously, one is the Bianconeri and one is the Granata. So, you know, it was the first derby of italian football actually um which i was pretty surprised because you think the milan teams would have been in there or Genoa even yeah exactly right but i guess not maybe this could be facts could be wrong maybe uh where i got this could be wrong but guys if it is wrong put it in the comments i want to hear um obviously this is disputed oldest meeting between two teams based in the same city so again, I think in terms of what it means, derby meaning like an actual official game, not necessarily just comp. You know, obviously there was a lot of games in the beginning because these guys were high schoolers uh, back in 1897, beginning turn of the uh, uh, the 20th century, right? So uh, let's get in. Uh, yeah, so first meeting obviously was in 1907. Um, Torino was founded in 1906. Um, but Torino won the first one, two-one, in the first competitive match. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's they've it's they've had a you know obviously a lot of you guys will know about their history because of Superga. Um, but there's 201 official matches. Again, like I said, 41 unofficial, 242 total. Um, but this match really, again, like something I talked about with the Napoli uh, game. Uh, was the juxta- juxtaposition of two opposing social classes. So, 1897, as you all know, hopefully. I hope you know that. But 1897, obviously, UVA was founded by students of uh, a prestigious high school. So, again, now talking about 
the rich against working class kind of ideals, right? And then obviously there was the bond with the Agnelli family, which started in 1923. Again, aristocracy, elites, etc. So then in 1906, though, there was kind of a dispute. And um, it's funny, the, the, this financial leader's name, who, um, you know, obviously formed, joined another team, obviously football club Torinese. Um, and there's a guy named Alfredo Dick. And <laughs> he and this club, they joined, obviously, Torino in 1906. So, again, you say what you want about Torino, but a dickhead was basically their, their founder. So, uh, anyways, but, uh, you know, Juve obviously transcended this, this you know, rich versus poor. Uh, we're a global phenomenon now, so it's not like it really became... A thing, and even in the 1960s and 70s, it became less because you had all these southern Italians, obviously from Calabria, Sicilia, uh, and Campania going up to the north because that's where the work was, obviously in the factories of Fiat and obviously other industries. But when you work for a company that obviously is so aligned with a football club, that becomes your team, right? And that's how it starts as mm-hmm. much as ever, as much as everyone wants to bust our balls about being having fans from from everywhere and having more fans in Calabria than in uh, Piemonte it, it's those are the facts right that's the history so um and again Torino is basically a club well for the most part exclusively a local fan base right um and that's why Maurizio has said on a couple times be careful when you're in Turin because you know, you, you don't want to rub, uh, you don't want to be wearing a Juve jersey necessarily with yeah. all these Torino fans, right? Because, again, it's a local, you know, the local kind of tradition, right? Um, but not to say that there aren't Juve fans in. No, in there definitely. Right? Obviously, Bianconeri, black and white stripes. We got those from Notts County in England. And then again, that's kind of the a little bit of the differing. Obviously, we could go out and get jerseys from from England, where Granata, which is obviously like a red color, which is from the Brigade of Savoia, which two centuries or two centuries earlier liberated the city, which was the capital of the Duchy of Savoy. So, if you know like the Renaissance period in Italy. And obviously the unification, um, you'll kind of know what that all means. But obviously the Savoy family is, uh, you could say, heralded, was heralded in Torino for a really long time. Um, And obviously both clubs have the Raging Bull as well. Actually, hold on, let me say, we used to have the Raging Bull. Then something else happened. Which, uh, actually, I didn't even mention that at the start, which is a good thing because I don't want to go off about our logo, which doesn't even look like the shirt you're wearing now. It's going to be a little bit little bit more minimal. But anyways, obviously, Juventus had it was because of the bond with their origins, obviously, being in Torino, and that is the city's coat of arms. Obviously, there's a bull. Uh, and then, obviously, Torino was more of an identity than uh, anything um obviously that's their main logo uh if you obviously have seen it um another interesting note though only 13 times the derby hasn't been played obviously since uh the two teams were uh 
created, formed. And obviously those were because Torino was in Serie B. Uh, once, because we were relegated, uh, unfortunately. But um, yeah, a little bit. But again, it's more of uh, initially was a proletariat, was more of Torino, Juve, Bourgeoisie. Again, that kind of was the, the beginning. Um, and something, you know, for Torino was more of, an original spirit, you know, of the of Piemonte, you know, the the purest, as I like to say, Juventinita. They like to say Torin. Let's see, let me say that correctly. Torinesita. So that's kind of their kind of uh, local fervor for the club. Um, but again, difficulties in the '90s, uh, the second half of the '90s for Torino. Financially, they had some problems, so they've been kind of teeter tottering between Serie A and Serie B. Again, for Torino, mostly 1912 to 1914, they had a dominant period. They beat us 8-0. Um, and then during this period, they uh, we allowed 23 goals a game. So, I mean, obviously, these are early days of Calcio. And uh, I guess a lot of people may not will discredit it, but that's kind of their dominance. And then, as everybody knows, the 1940s, obviously, pre-World War and post-World War, the Grande Torino side that, you know, everyone, obviously there's a documentary. If you haven't seen it, even as a Juve fan, um, it's quite interesting to see, you know, how the team was and um, how great they were and how, you know, destined for success they were before 1949. Obviously, the Superga tragedy where they, they're playing uh, flying in fog, crashed into the Superga Hills. And it's kind of a sad memorial. I mean... I know there's a lot of vitriol between the fans, um, but, you know, it was definitely eye-opening. It's definitely sad to, you know, see, you know, anyone, any tragedy. Look at what happened with Kobe Ryan. Same thing, right? Um, yep. It's an unfortunate, right? Because you don't want to see someone go down. You, you, you want to be the guys that knock off uh, a certain team from greatness. You don't want some tragedy where, you know, essentially everybody on that team perished. And, you know, it's it's really unfortunate. I've been. I've been. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful memorial. It really yeah. is. And it's, it's an incredible ride up. You get to see the entire city. It, it's, it is a tragedy. It really yeah. was. Yeah, guys, definitely check that out. Because there's also a beautiful, uh, obviously, from the top of the hill, they have the, the railing there. But you can essentially see everything everywhere in Torino, which is amazing. And then, obviously, the memorials on the backside where obviously the crash had occurred. But, um, and even uh, a beautiful kind of, uh, uh, if you want to call it a chapel, or I, I wouldn't say it's a cathedral, but it's definitely a, a beautiful church that, that is also on, on up there. So check it out if you are in Torino. Um, let's see. Uh, 70s, there was kind of a revival in the derby. Um, Juve didn't win a derby for nearly six years between 73 and 79. Um, again, like I said, end of 90s, you, uh, Torino fi had financial difficulties and basically we just dominated them with big defeats. Um, obviously, as of late, I think you guys kind of know the story. Um, 2015, Torino won 2-1. That was the first derby success in 20 years. So... <laughs> You can kind of tell uh, who's got the upper hand as of as of right now. There's also been a lot of incidents. Um, 
67. Juve fans uh, vandalized the grave of a former Torino player after we got spanked 4-0. Um, in 83, uh, Torino came back from an 0-2 deficit to win 3-2, scoring three goals in three minutes just after the 75th minute. So again, I like I like the back and forth. This, you know, I just want to tell the history, right? Either good or bad for us. Obviously, we've got shellacked on that occasion. Uh, who gives up three goals in three minutes? Let's be honest. <laughs> what kind of what kind of Italian defending was that? That's bullshit, right Terrible. there. Obviously, there's a little bit more of a famous note in 2001, and I think a lot of you guys, obviously in our generation, will know. Um, in 2001, in the first game against Torino. They trailed 3-0, came back and tied it 3-3. Marcelo Salas misses a spot kick to take the league to go to 4-3. And obviously there was the famous incident of uh, Ricardo Maspero uh, digging, kind of grooving a hole in the penalty spot right before he took it. So there was that kind of incident. And then obviously in the return leg, the famous horns of the bull gesture, um, Enzo Maresca. You know, that was done, obviously, by their former captain, Marco Ferrante. And, uh, yeah, we're basically trolling him after we came back and tied it 2-2. Again, it was only a draw, but, you know, you know, no. that's that's the the, the fire of a, of a derby, right? Iconic. Um, exactly. Um, obviously, 07-08, there was riots that broke out pretty serious. Um, I think 40 arrests and three people were pretty injured. Uh, 2012 was the first meeting in three years. First derby at the J Stadium. And again, before kickoff, there was brawls and vandalism. So not necessarily a, a team derby. Maybe not to the level of Roma-Lazio, but, you know, we're up there. Uh, Juve obviously won 3-0 again. Not really a, a shocker in, in this day and age. But the what, what, one key fact about that was... Uh, all three goals were by Turin-born youth products. So Claudio Marquisio that got two goals that game. And yeah. if anyone remembers, Sebastian Jovinko also scored the other goal in that game. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. There, was a, there was a red card. We got kind of a, we got slapped on the hands because we had a stupid, you know, not all the things that the Curva Sud do are necessarily smart. They had an offensive Superga banner which we got, you know, I think a, uh, there was a fine. And then obviously Torino vandalized basically the whole away section and like the away, like the bathrooms and all that shit. There was tons of damage um, after that one. Um, you know, let's go into the wins. Obviously, Juve's got 89 wins. Torino, 56. Uh, 56 draws, so we got the upper hand on that. We've scored 300 goals total, 240 from Torino. The top scorer of the derby is Giampiero Boneperti, 14 goals. Wow. So he's kind of the, yeah, he's he was the man. Uh, and obviously our former president, former captain. Obviously the second player, Guglielmo Gabetto, scored 12 goals, seven for Juve, five for Torino. Um, and Torino's top goal scorer, nine goals, Paulino Pulici. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Felice Borel, eight goals. Platini and Viali had seven. Omar Sivori and Pietro Anastasi, six goals. Jean-Charles, Valentino Mazzola, which is obviously a Torino player. Um, and Silvio Piola, who's the top goal scorer in Serie A, 
still has that record till this day. He scored two for Juve, three for Torino, and he they all had five goals. But again, no Del Piero on this list, um, which I was kind of shocked. That is shocking. Um, yeah, exactly. I, he did not make the list. So, I mean, maybe he's at four, maybe he's at three, but still, I was surprised he didn't, uh, he hasn't buried that many goals. So, uh, in terms of managers, Trapattoni has 13 derby victories. Um, Max Allegri then comes in at second with nine wins. Uh, Luigi Radice has five for Torino. That's their top. And Conte, Conte excuse me, has four. And Lippi only has three derby wins. Wow. Which is, again, it's kind of strange to me. Only three wins in his illustrious career. Right. Uh, again, some interesting records that I wanted to bring up. Uh, se- obviously, Juve had seven wins in a row from 08 to 14. Again, talking about the dominance. Um, in 1988, there were six Derby della Molles in one calendar year. We had three in the league, two in Coppa Italia, so I'm guessing it would have been a two-leg affair, and one playoff for the admission to the UEFA Cup, if everyone remembers that that is the... Yep. Uh, Europa League, but it was a little bit. This wasn't the same as uh, as what it is Not today quite. with Europa League. Average attendance seventy thousand two hundred. Obviously, it was a one nil game for Torino back in nineteen sixty two. Uh, I didn't get the stadium for that for some stupid reason. That was my bad. Um, and obviously, Gigi Buffon is still unbeaten at a hundred eight hundred. He hasn't been beaten in this derby for eight hundred sixty four minutes and counting. Shit. So we'll see. So we'll see if he gets the start, obviously, to break the record uh, of most appearances uh, overall, and obviously passes Paolo Maldini. But again, they gotta give it to him. They gotta give it to him. I was thinking it's either gonna be this game or against Sassuolo, one of the two. Because one of the two. I don't see him going against. Well, not not that he's not capable of playing Milan or Atalanta or Lazio, but I don't see that happening. Um, in terms of trophies, uh, again, they have a goose egg internationally. Uh, zero. Obviously, we have our 11. Um, they have seven Serie, seven Scudetti, which is still a pretty big feat. Obviously, we talk about the teams Grande Torino and uh, various other uh, eras, but uh, they have five Coppa Italia, and that's about it. Obviously, we have our 37 Serie A, 13 Coppa Italia, eight Super Coppa Italiana, just to remind everyone and remind the haters. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, guys, so it's been a pretty illustrious history. I know, again, a lot of guys think that, uh, you know, it's pretty pretty dominant, which it has been. Um, but for a team that ne- not necessarily is funded the way we are, obviously a local-based team, uh, I think they put up a pretty good fight in the times that, uh, that we've played them. Oh, definitely. And uh, it's definitely pretty heated. Like I said, there's been back and forth, obviously, some brawls and, and vandalism and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> But uh, definitely, no, it's going to be interesting. So we got to see what happens. Um, kind of the last game. So, again, I kind of laid it out. I think Genoa was laying down. Um, obviously, wonder goals, Dybala, Ronaldo, Douglas Costa. World, uh, man. And, again, best game so far, like you said, uh, in the restart. Uh, anything else you got to drop about that last game? I think that's pretty self-explanatory, uh, Joe. But uh, anything else you saw in particular uh, about the Genoa game? 
before we obviously move on. Anything I noticed in particular, I thought... Not necessarily that there has to be, like if... No, not... Costa needs to be on the bench. I think that he needs to be on the bench in order for him to play better. Does that make sense? I feel like it motivates him a little bit better. I think that... better the super sub. He's an impact player. Yeah. And I, I... could not believe that I had mentioned this earlier on Twitter, but I thought Bernardeschi has had a relatively decent string of games. He's looked a, a lot better, a lot more comfortable, especially up front with Dybala and Ronaldo. That's worked out a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's his current spot right now. Right. And obviously, our defense, I, was, I wanted us to have a shutout that last game but yeah. no quadrado has to go and and screw that whole pooch so like well we were talking about it me and daniel uh from toronto shout out um ramsey kind of gets turned by the guy yeah that too so that's where it started then he puts the ball in and bonucci slips which i mean he's been pretty he's been pretty pretty responsible pretty good at pretty good at his job so far not too many mistakes some here and some uh some here and there here and there but you know pretty pretty decent you know from for for what we have to expect and then he slips so there's there's number 2 <laughs> on the play and then Cuadrado just is in no man's land he's half asleep and doesn't even see the guy being behind him which is this is my concern and this is why I always talk about Cuadrado Danilo you know Dishirio Matuidi in these left back and right back positions, because they're just defensively, that's not there. Well, you know? li- they're liabilities. It, it's too like I would almost give up. Like like me and Al, we're, we're gonna keep going back and forth about this, but I would rather give up the offensive side on Alexandro and Cuadrado to be sure at the back, hundred percent, no sure. leaks, yeah, than anything. So I would rather them give nothing on the attack than have even 10, 15, 20, 30, 50% weakness at the back like we've seen. And again, the, the reason why I say this is because we haven't played a good enough team. Like if we play, like when we when we were playing Napoli and they were making runs, obviously we didn't know, we got we had a lobotomy before that game. No one knew where the hell, no one knew where the hell to, to run and they this is the first time they played Calcio in their life. But, um, yeah, no, it was like they knew they've played with each other for three, four years. They know where to go. Buddy, uh, one player will go in behind. He'll make the run. If it doesn't work, they'll move the ball around. If, <laughs> if that was to happen now, and Napoli is looking, they're looking pretty good. I know, obviously, they lost Atalanta 2-0. But Atalanta, I think, is... Is they're a class scary. above yeah. their own right now. At this moment, they're on a roll above everybody else, even us, to be honest. Um, but, you know, we need to have that sure at the back. And I don't see, uh, I don't fragile. see it happening. Like if, if we have those guys against uh, like these big, like Atalanta, Lazio, uh, even Milan to an extent, and because even when Milan was down a man, 
they were still countering and making runs and pre- and you know once the ball got loose you know once one guy gets loose it's all man all hands on deck and yeah. they seem to push guys up the field like i don't know like 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 somehow we don't know how to do that so like when they get loose with the ball it's like four or five guys on them and around them and like being able to make passes at least in that first Coppa Italia game but um Obviously, because I don't necessarily watch the other teams, you pro- you guys probably talk about a little bit more than I do, obviously, on, on this podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's definitely, um, I, we need to be sure at the back, you know. And we really do. I we hope we bring Pellegrini. In. We let them walk. We give them yeah. way too many avenues towards the goal. I, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, 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 go ahead. Drop it, man. It's Drop it like, like it's hot. You were... You, you hit the nail on the head. We uh, Perfect example, 10-man Milan. They were still dangerous on the counter when they had no reason to be. We did that. We let them do that. And, yeah, I, I, I totally... I, I would agree with you saying that I would probably give up a little bit of the offense in order to have more certainty at the back. There's just... There's just, well, I'm not as confident in our in our defense as I have been in the past. And the reason why I say that is, if you look at the games where we look like shit, the whole team played like crap. Yeah. Like the game against Milan and Napoli, our mids were garbage, forwards garbage, and essentially our defense was getting played around like toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, I I can't look at those games and say. Yeah, it was Alexandro or Danilo's fault on the back end because the whole team looked out of it. Not no creative bone in their bodies, uh, no brain in their heads, and really no legs at all. No one wanted to make. Everyone was like, "I'm just going to stand on the ball all game, and uh, you know, fantasy is going to happen, and I'm going to believe Dybala's making a run, or Matuidi's making a run, or Alexandro's making a run." So it was it was a shambles, in my opinion throughout the whole thing but when you look at it as let's say now we're playing like this i don't i don't see those those guys getting uh, you look at the positions they are i saw matuidi against bologna four or five guys four or five guys uh or was it no sorry it was the lecce game i believe the lecce game was uh matuidi right yes it was because danilo danilo got the stupid red in the fucking bologna game dumbass (laughs) Um, but so anyways, yeah, you see him against Lecce and Lecce was on with their passing. I don't know, like pinpoint, man. And four or five times he got beat on that left side. So again, I can't blame the guy. He's a central mid. He's not a left back. Same with Danilo. He's, he's a, he's a fullback, but he's more an offensive guy. And you definitely know that you're giving up defensively. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely on. We need to solidify that. And we have enough guns up top. Like Dybala, yeah. Ronaldo, Bernardeschi, and a lot of the guys, you know, you saw Pjanic, you know, the benefit of, again, Genoa was that Pjanic got to play so high. He was literally sitting just outside the box, which yeah. you, if a team is playing as difficult, you will never see that happen ever. I've never seen that happen unless we are all, cla- unless we are all classing the team. I feel like that was a mistake trying to shoehorn Pjanic into a regista role like in front of the defense from the beginning I was never an enormous fan of that because if you look at his career 
when yeah. he was at Lyon, when he was at Roma, he always played a little bit further forward. Right. So that's where he really, that's where he shined. And no, but I'm not even, Joe, cool. I'm not, I'm not even talking about that. I'm not even bringing that up. He was playing Regista just outside the box. That's how far back yeah. Genoa was. Yeah, so, yeah. Like he was Regista at the like top at their, circle. Like their, their yeah, so box line. That's ridiculous in terms of the other team's defense. So you look at him, he's at least at our center half when yeah. he plays. Uh, and he dishes the ball left, right, and just continues to do that uh, for the rest of the game and gets nothing out of him. Pretty but much. Um, anyways, let's look. Let's get into this formation. Uh, it's not going to be too, diff- too different. Um, I don't think. Obviously, there's some ideas of Buffon getting in. Obviously, there was another idea of Costa starting this game. We're going to have to wait till game time, obviously, to find out whether that's true or not. Um, obviously, we have our injuries. Again, like I said, possibly Alexandro could be on the bench. Ramsey, let's see how fit he's going to be today. I mean, if, if Sadi sees he's fit, maybe he gets a start. I'm not sure. but um, And then again, I think we're going to do this. It's going to be the same kind of subs that we're going to see last game. And we're going to pick our one youth player to throw on before we sell him for the Plus Valenza. Yay! <laughs> uh, for Torino, I've seen two different things. I've seen them line up in a 4-3-3 with Zaza, but I thought he was injured from what the, my my app told me. I went to go check again, and apparently he's not injured, so I don't know if he's now going to be back in there. I see. I've From what I've seen... 3-5-2, they're going to line up with Belotti and Verdi on top, Sirigu in goal, Lianco and Kulu and Bremer as the three back, three backs, and Aina, Lukic, Rincon, Mete, and De Silvestri in the middle. Now, again, we'll see what happens on game day because that, you know, can change. Depending on, obviously, Daniele Bazelli is injured. I think he's a pretty key midfielder uh, for Torino, but obviously he's not going to be able to make the start. Again, keys to the match. I've been saying hype. I've been harping on this like so many different times. Intensity, intensity, intensity. We got to push the game. Stop standing when you don't have the ball. Make the run, and essentially we're good because we have the creative players. We got the top talent. You look at the goals by Dybala. Obviously, I want to see Ronaldo run at guys. Again, that's another thing I said last last time. Ronaldo needs to run at players and take shots like he did the last game, Amen. because I've never seen him. I've never really seen him do it until that goal. Um, yep. He's really there, and then he'll do two, three dribbles, dish off to someone basically that's covered already. And I mean, it's not enough. We need to see that 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 if he's going to be uh, the the striker that we're going to need, and obviously in the Champions League, and obviously these big games that are coming up, I think he's got to push the pace and he's got to push the defenders. Obviously, like I've been mentioning, the defense wasn't that great, and like three guys let him take the shot. But you know, obviously they had they gave him the respect to back off, and then he took the chance and scored a a fucking rocket. If I t- if I say so myself, but um, what? yeah, what? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. What do you think about the the, the game? What do you, what the what's the prediction? Oh, prediction for the the derby. Yeah, and obviously, if you want to give your thoughts on what's the keys, what's the keys to the match? I I always say midfield. That's that's gonna win the battle. That's our Achilles heel, honestly. Aside from our lackluster defense, um, minus delict, love yeah. you. 
Um, I want to add to your intensity. We need to pass the ball faster. Right. I see we, we've been, I feel like this was a problem at the beginning of the season. I was expecting it to improve and it didn't, but it until after post COVID this whole yeah. thing, once the restart happened, I think that we got a little bit better at that. I could be wrong. Um, but the passing needs to improve. We need to stop just cycling the ball around and actually having possession with a purpose again, actually getting into those attacking areas, putting Ronaldo and Dybala in those situations where they can actually do something and not just have the Genoa defense, you know, like be open, you know, which I don't think Torino, I don't think Torino will leave, will leave us as many options as, as Genoa did. So in terms of predictions, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win. I feel I, like that, I feel like that I, it's that's kind of typical. Yeah. But I feel like that that is the outcome for this game. It's weird. Every time I say a shutout, we never shut out and then every time I pick a shutout, we get scored on. So, yeah, I know I definitely agree 2-1. Um, but a good point like you said. I'm tired of the these fullbacks still throwing the ball in. We right. haven't scored Thank you. We haven't scored a goal. Thanks. And this, this again, this is another con- a point of contention with Al. So Al's like, yeah, well, let them make runs. Well, we haven't scored a goal. You look at the five games we've played, obviously, barring the initial, we haven't, because we didn't score any in two matches. We did, we haven't scored a goal with any fucking crosses into the box. We've had a couple chances where they were wide open, which were huge, er- like massive errors by the defense which you don't expect like, and this is how, like, I know a lot of UV fans like to say, Oh, well, you know, that's still a chance. And, um, blah, blah, blah. I don't look at these teams that are that we are way better than and use them as the standard. When I put it in my head, I say, okay, if we were playing Barcelona, if we were playing Real Madrid, would one, would they make that mistake Two, Would we even be able to get that cross? And, you got to look at it at the higher levels. You can't look at it at, oh, well, we did it against Genoa and Lecce, and all of a sudden those are going to work now against these top clubs or Bayern or Man City or whoever we end up playing. Uh, obviously, we got to play Leon first, but or even Lazio or Atalanta. You got to look at it at the higher echelon levels. You can't come. You can't say, oh, well, yeah, well, we were crossing in the box and Bonucci had an open header, and if he just didn't miss. The defender's not letting Bonucci get wide open against these top, these top teams. No. Okay? So we can't look at it those as, as real chances. I mean, they're chances, but I don't consider them great chances because, again, you're not getting those chances at the top level. So, again, we're throwing balls in like a legery ball. So I don't need that. I think, like no. you said perfectly, if the passing is crisp and on the, the like I say in hockey, on the tape or on the foot... You don't need you don't need the balls moving quicker than the feet are. Yeah. So you don't need uh really these ma- I mean if you get the chance where they're giving you the wings, okay, use the wings like we did with Genoa. But if uh we have the talent, we have the pace and we have the individual brilliance and I know like a lot of people say, well, we don't want to use just individual talent alone. But when you start unlocking these defenses like I've seen Beautiful pass from Douglas Costa to Ramsey. 
turns, obviously shot, didn't get anything. But, hey, that's a perfect example. Again, with Dybala, layoff here, there. Even Bernardeschi has had a lot of ch- a lot of chances. Obviously, of haven't chances. scored. Again, you start capitalizing on those. You start getting your shooting boots back. You you get a couple goals. And that's what I think. That's why I hope Bernardeschi gets a goal because maybe that's. I think that's really what he needs is some confidence. Obviously, oh. scoring. Yeah, he needs it, dude. And yeah. that's kind of maybe a little bit what's holding him back a little bit. But um, I think once the first goal comes, it could be good. I still think he's got a goal, in my honest opinion. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny that. I still think we should get rid of him. Um, it's we got too many wingers in this team. Um, he's a winger. He's not a. He's not a. He's not a mezzala. He's not a. Uh, he's not a regista, and he's not a trequartista. So in that case, we have Cuadrado, Douglas Costa, and Bernardeschi, and Kulusevski, who's looking really good right now for Parma. Um, yeah. seven goals. I think it's probably the youngest to score seven goals. And, uh, there was one stat check and someone posted it on Twitter, but, uh, he's got for his age, um, and this far, I think seven goals, seven assists or something like that, but, uh, looking really good. Looking really good. Looking good. Um, but yeah, two, one, who do you think scoring? I think Dybala Ronaldo. That's my go-to is every game bet. now. It's a safe bet. So I'm going to, I'm going to take that. And I think it's going to be a tough-fought game. Um, I think we're going to edge them late. I hope this doesn't actually happen, but I think I think it's going to be a tough game. I think Torino's going to look at what what's kind of what's worked against us. And if they're smart, if exactly, so it's either going to be two ways. They're not going to look at what what's happened. They're not going to look at how bad we've played at times, uh, and they're going to come out like these other teams we've played and. They're going to get smashed, or it's going to be a tough game. And it could be 1 1 going into the 80th, and then some class makes the difference. Um, question time. I didn't have a chance to get questions because it's just been chaotic today. Um, and I actually, well, thank you for coming on, Joe. Like I said, um, we're definitely going to have you back on at a, a better time. Obviously, happy July 4th to you. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> you're on you're on haul you're on holiday net right now yeah 12, oh yeah 12, you're good to go yeah so have a have a few brews or vinos or whatever whatever you guys whatever you guys uh <laughs> like to do um but um yeah happy uh happy independence day to my american friends um obviously happy canada day that just passed yeah, by all the canadians canada again canada. thank you thank you um yes we did burn your white house down um but uh <laughs> no it's uh it's been good now we're getting back on a roll and um you know the last segment um that i like to do is called allo stadio so you've mentioned you've been to torino mm-hmm. um kind of give us a breakdown of your first experience like your first time to, to watching a game who did the juve played the atmosphere. Did you were you did you go to a meetup? Because I know some people have obviously gone when it was still the Delalpi age, so there wasn't really Twitter or around Turin or anything like that. Obviously, I've it's been awesome now having that meeting guys before guys girls from all around the world before the games drinking if you like to drink. <laughs> um, 
before games and just having a good time, obviously going to dinner later. But was that kind of the same experience you had or was it more of on your own the first time you went? So the first time I ever went, it was with my dad and this was just him and I, we were like, Hey, let's finally go there. Um, Cause we like to go to Italy. We visit Italy a lot and we were like, we have never been here before. And there's a lot to do. There's a lot to see in Torino. There really is. The the biggest Egyptian museum outside of Cairo is in Turin. Which is weird, but yeah, it is. There's a lot of (laughs) Italian history there. It used to be the capital of Italy, blah, blah, blah. I could go into all of that. But I will be honest, the main reason I I was like, Dad, let's go to Torino was because you Of course. Um, So... I was anxious the whole time I was waiting. It was the the game. It was 2015. It was the day before my birthday. Okay. Um, nice. We yeah. We went to go see. It was in the middle of the week. It was a Wednesday. I remember it was Juventus versus Fiorentina. So oh, he did nice. another like yeah, nice game. Rivalry. Yeah, nice day. Nice, nice, uh, nice uh, heated uh, fixture. Right. Oh, I knew it was it was awesome. Everything that you could have wanted. I remember um, Fernando Llorente scored a beautiful header, and Carlos Tevez scored two incredible goals. The second yeah. one was even better than the first one, um, and it was tight. It was tight. It finished three two. Um, I remember what was his name? Adam. What is it? Yajic scored a great free kick. And there was a, there was another P there was a PK before that and all that. I, it's all playing in my head right now. Was that the um, year that uh, was that the year that Fiorentina came back and beat us? Was that 2015? 2014? No, no, we won the, we won this game. We won this okay. game. I was there. I was. There. Oh, good. That's good. Um, no, but it was it was awesome. They were. I remember during they got a second penalty call. And everyone was like yelling, you know, Jake, oh, like, you know, you're blind and all that stuff. It was great. The whole stadium was full yeah. on a Wednesday. It was bonkers. Not like um, that anymore. <laughs> but no, not certainly not like that anymore. Um, but what really stuck with me, like the best thing that had ever happened to me was the day after. So we won the game. It was all... Yeah you know, awesome, whatever. My dad and I are going out for dinner. Turin actually has really good food. I got to say that too. Have very oh, good yeah. um, We're going out and we're walking down our apartment like hallway and I see a guy very sharply dressed in a suit walking down towards me and I like freeze in my steps. It's holy shit. It's Chiellini walking. like No way. I'm not even shitting you. And I should have realized before because his, his door was black and white stripes. So I'm like, no way. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> it really was. He there was you go, out to go to dinner with his wife. And I'm like, dad, that's the captain. Or no, the vice. He was the vice captain. At the yeah. time. I'm like, dad, that's the vice captain. I have his jersey. He's like, well, go say hi. I'm like, dad, you don't just yeah, go yeah. up to them and like say, like ruin their days. Yeah. You know? But he, so he just like pushed me into him and I'm like, hi, (laughs) I have your jersey. And he's like, well, go get it. I'll sign it. So I I actually, I have it. I framed it the whole night. Oh, nice, man. That was the best thing that's ever happened to me. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, I haven't met any players live, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. Did you Airbnb? Was that Airbnb? This was before the age of, I mean, 2015, I feel like, was like when this was becoming popular. Uh, I don't even know if you can still rent that apartment, to be honest with you. It's out. But uh, I forget how we got it. it. Yeah, right? (laughs) Now Uh, everyone knows for Kalini. Bye-bye apartment. Yeah. Sorry, just cut it right now. <laughs> yeah, the authorities just uh, just enlisted on uh, Airbnb. Sorry, you got to take that one down. <laughs> There's no way he still lives there now. No, I, no, but, I don't. Um, no, I forget how we actually rented it. My dad, my dad figured it out. All that sort of accommodations left me in the dark on that one. So, um, but I do remember this. I remember when we first checked in. The landlord was like, there are a lot of important people that live in this building. And I was like. Oh, the mafia's in here? Oh, okay. I was like, I was expecting like bankers or yeah, like yeah. politicians and whatever. Nope. That's he, crazy. Helene lives there. That is yeah. crazy. That's, that's an awesome the, story, man. That's the best thing. I've been to Italy countless times. Yeah. That my dad has even said that is the best story ever. So Yeah. Well, you guys are lo- you guys are lo- you guys are lucky, man. On the East Coast, you're only what like eight hours away. I got to go the extra four. And they charge me, dude, they charged me through the ass to get there. Dude, <laughs> that really must suck. Yeah, no, it's definitely not a. Now there there are direct flights to Rome from Calgary, which is nice. I don't know if the, how that's. I don't know how that's going to be affected now uh, with COVID, right? Because they might not have as many flights, or might not many people might be going. So they might remove some of those, uh, I guess, if you want to call them a luxury uh, kind of routes that they have seasonally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's basically because they got the dream. Uh, WestJet, a Canadian airline, got the Dreamliner. Uh, they had like a whole bunch of them on order. So that was obviously one of them. And the company's based in the West. So yep. now we kind of get that route, which, which is nice. And it's not too expensive either. So things are changing. Things are coming around um but yeah no in torino like you said it's it's great so you've been a lot so again what other games have you have you seen have you seen um unfortunately that was the only game i actually saw in turin oh yeah but Um, in general in general i've seen them play as roma i've seen them play who else did i see them play i saw them play another i forget the it was on their american tour I don't remember off the top of my head, but they come here sometimes and they play in Bo- they play in Boston. Oh yeah, again, so lucky. Go. Um, <laughs> and they're just friendlies, but still, you know, you get to see the team play. So I, no, I, that was the only competitive fixture I've seen. The rest okay. of their friendlies. Hey, I'll, I'll take a squad practice if they want to come to Calgary. I got a couple fields in mind over here. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> if they, if they want, I mean. I'll take it, but no, it's uh, no, that's so that's nice. Again, uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, obviously the population centers are all on the east coast there, and you said you're only an hour away from Boston, so that's perfect. Um, yeah, works out. You're not a hockey fan, are you? I I do like I like my hockey. I didn't start getting into it until I went to college, but I'm a Bruins fan. Sorry. <laughs> Joe, you're just you're getting better as uh, as the experience 
Joe's going to be now part. He's going to be the co-host of the Juventus out back to back in my podcast. Yeah, no, I've, I've been a Bruins fan. Yeah. Pretty much my whole life. Obviously my, my dad's family moved from, well, from everywhere they've been, they lived in Spain, France, obviously in Italy. Uh, my, my nonna is Spanish. So uh, they kind of met in the middle there in France, obviously in like an industrial <laughs> town. It's, I guess it's a weird story, weird, weird coincidence, but uh, they obviously moved to New York, right? Uh, Yonkers. Okay. So kind of all those teams were, uh, I have an uncle who likes the Flyers. I have an uncle who likes the Islanders, stuff like that. Anyways, guys, sorry, a little bit off topic. Hockey. I, just needed, <laughs> I needed to ask for my sanity, but um, yeah, awesome, man. But uh, yeah, no, great story. That's, that's crazy how you can meet Chiellini. I know there's been lots of stories with Del Piero. You know, unfortunately, uh, I wasn't uh, lucky enough to see him play live. Hopefully I get to meet him in L.A., but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I got a like from Marquisio, so I'll take that. That is, <laughs> that is an enormous achievement. Oh, yeah. I and you, when, you, when, you, when you get those, those uh, acknowledgements, even if it's like, you know, a like, retweet. I know lots of people have put con- some great content out there where they've, got, they've shown the, the love, right? Yep. So it's, it's definitely great seeing your heroes. And, yeah, no, I can't wait to get back there. Um, Me either. I was supposed I, to go in April. Supposed so that's, to go like, in that's, April. Like, that's like the thousandth time I've heard that this the, in these podcasts. Like it's either uh, I know Rafa was going on his like uh, I believe it was an anniversary trip with his wife oh. that got canceled. Obviously, Francesco yeah. was supposed to go to obviously Juvecesco, if you know, uh, yep. was supposed to go to Lyon. Um, that obviously, well, again, maybe yeah. that that'll change, but I doubt it. Uh, from what's happening, obviously, in the U.S. with the, those big numbers, like, spiking. So, I don't know how the border situation is, um, especially if it's essential travel, right? But, uh, and we still have a couple of months, but you guys are gaining numbers. You guys got to stop going out. What's going on? I know, I know man. I don't know. I, I wish I had an answer for this. I, I don't. Okay. It's fine where we are. It's but like, where I am, we're all yeah. good. It, it, I feel like the... Midwest start throwing the holy water out. Uh, that's it. Uh, that's it. But and I think uh, it'll I mean, it'll go. Western states are just starting to like catch up to us, or starting to everything's just falling a domino effect. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then those protests didn't really help, and then no. you got people real, and then they got a reopening. But uh, yeah, I know. Hopefully, Italy stays low, um, and hopefully, I get to go back because they keep close. They keep uh, moving the border back a month so and i really need to go on vacation even though i was (laughs) even though i wasn't really working uh for the first six months but i really need to go on vacation guys it's now with all these podcasts and this now this new work and being at home for so long i think we all need to we all need a break some some time on a beach or something but Uh, yeah and if you guys want to come to the mountains, if you guys want to, and if anyone has a beach house that they want to trade and want to come see the mountains, let me know. DM me because <laughs> sick and tired of the stamp place. <laughs> but anyways, Joe, thank you. I know it's late there, so I don't want to hold you too long. Um, thank you for your great story as usual. Um, we've been hearing a lot. There's been a lot. And it's honestly surprised me, you know, how many people, obviously newer guests that maybe aren't, don't have as big of a following, Obviously, guys like yourself, Roman, uh, Al, and all the the other great names that came on. Um, 
and everyone's just different, but they all have a little bit, they all have an interesting story to tell. And I like to hear it. And I think a lot of other fans have told me, yeah, like I, I thanks for sh- sharing about this story, how you got your tickets or that, or someone meeting Del Piero or, you know, anything, lots of great stuff. And, uh, to me, that's kind of why I started this, just to bring the nostalgia back. Obviously, like we kind of said earlier, the Juventus name is not going to be even be near the logo in the yeah. obviously the New Jerseys and from now until eternity. So uh, I'm not necessarily too happy like with that. I know people are saying that this is a branding thing. Um, this is Mar- This is branding 101, and I'm like, yeah. Well, we're not share- We're not selling shoes. This is a club. This is a history. This is not a retail store. If you guys think that we're gonna become Adidas or Nike, you guys are way over your heads. Yeah. And Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man United, Liverpool. I don't see well. I mean, Liverpool a li- slight slight tweak. I don't see those t- those clubs changing their logos, and they're bringing in millions. You know, at the end of the day, it's the results. If you're winning Champions Leagues every year, it doesn't matter what the fuck your logo is, to be quite <laughs> honest. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you got the best player in the world, it doesn't matter what your logo is. It could be a blank shirt, and they're they're gonna buy it. They'll buy so, it. So, at the end of the day, I'm kind. It's kind of sad for me to see the way we're going, especially with the fans, but. Um, Let's hope for a big win uh, on Saturday. Again, like I said, Joe, thanks for coming on. We're going to have you back again uh, at an op- more optimal time. But thank you for filling <laughs> in. I appreciate it. Uh, anytime, uh, Dan. And uh, again, guys, check out Red Card Report. Great work, uh, as always. I'm trying to mix it in. There's so much stuff. <laughs> There's so much content now. There's almost an oversaturation of content there, now. Yeah. Oh, but guys, keep creating content. Anyone who can create content, I've always said this. I got massive respect because whether it's from a five-minute video, one-minute video, two-hour video, three-hour video, to put yourself out there on camera um, is, for me, was really difficult. Uh, I've gotten more used to it now, but... Um, Definitely, it's fun when you can talk about things that you enjoy, a club you enjoy, and um, yeah, just keep creating. If you ever think that if you need any help, if you need any tips, if you want to start, it's easy as picking up a camera for the most part. Uh, but you know, follow your passion. There's a lot of time now, we're still kind of in this half phase of going back and forth, so don't act like uh, don't think you missed the boat because I definitely started later than I should have but um no guys keep no creating time. content yeah exactly no better time and um you know as always uh juventinita dal you twitter instagram youtube itunes spotify it's like the machine sorry you <laughs> got to hear this but i got to do the spiel um and yeah just keep an eye on twitter you're gonna see the links come up obviously uh as soon as i have them up Again, a couple of the, the programs take a little bit longer, like YouTube takes forever to uh, to download. But uh, for the most part, you'll have the links exactly where to go. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, we're going to have Real Juve snob on for after the Torino game. Nice. Another uh, fellow Canadian, uh, Luca. So uh, guys, stay tuned. Always fino, fino alla fine and Forza Juventus. Forza Juventus.